This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 126. Player Profile, Alex. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Okay, everyone, uh, this is a little bit of a precursor into the real episode, but it's just me. It's just Matt right now. We pre-recorded this interview with Alex Lilburn, and a while back we said that this interview would come into your feed at a random time and not replace a, a full episode, and we, we lied to your faces. Uh, I know the tournament kicked our butts this weekend, and we were not able to get an episode recorded in time so this is what we are falling back on i'm sorry to do that uh but we will definitely have a normal episode next week this is basically uh february's galactic council episode that we've been owing you for a while and we were finally able to sit down with alex and uh yeah if you haven't already though you should tune in to the tournament that's happening right now uh it's it's going on all around you uh this coming weekend March 21st at 1400 UTC, uh, Sunday, March 22nd at 1400 UTC, uh, and then the next two weekends after that will be games five and six, but this coming weekend, games three and four on our Twitch, you do not want to miss them, so uh, come get in there and come join us. On with the show. I always, I always notice that I do the best take of the like episode title thing. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of times I don't make it. What's up with that, Matt? Like a lot of times we'll be doing mm-hmm. the like whoever says the episode number and title thing and I'll just notice that I am crushing it. Hunter, like, I can on give point. you a really I can give you such an easy solution to this. Yeah, what and do I, I, I Hey, hey. I bet you know what the hey, easy solution is. Hey, I'm just is. sending you're like a casting director. I'm sending you an uh-huh. email right now being like, yeah. "Hey, how do I get some time, you know, doing the episode titles? I think I'm really I think I'm ready for this job." Yeah. What do my I gotta advice do, to teach? you, my advice to you, Hunter, you could edit the show <laughs> instead. <laughs> How about you do it? <laughs> I could do it. You know, I, I could do it. At some point, like coming up here in a couple of months, like this will very much become your responsibility. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, dude. I edit Dumb and Busted every week now. I could do it. No, in I my know. Sleep. I know you're a competent editor. Sleep. I'm super ready for that to be a thing. I mean, honestly, if you think about Are some mom of mom and dad bickering and I have a friend in the room uh, okay. sitting right next to me while we do this. What is happening right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fine, fine. We'll we'll do it all proper. Um so this <laughs> is uh we got behind. We owed you all an episode, um a player profile episode about our friend Alex. You know Alex from uh the Holiday Spectacular 2019. You mm-hmm. know him from the agendas uh, episode a long time ago the, where we just read agendas to you the for agendas episode two and a half hours um you know him from one of the other streams the one where a long time ago in portland it was just a yeah random. that was right before we did the agenda episode yeah right. oh yeah we i did was at the same week yeah yeah, yeah. and then um, also so... you know him from the best episode of space cats peace turtles entitled <laughs> twilight imperium the movie um and we have been about talking that. about doing a twilight imperium the movie too the podcast um, <laughs> back to basics yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a great Anyways, subtitle <laughs> we're here alex hi how's it going it's going okay how are you guys doing? <laughs> going okay oh thanks bud <laughs> i just want to can i shout out how good of a joke the uh the twilight imperium movie was on the yes. discord yeah i yes. feel like that was a really early moment where yeah. A lot of people in the Discord like came out of the woodwork. Right, right. We got some new personalities out of that bit running yeah. this course. Yeah, that was a solid joke. Yeah. <laughs> and can we talk about how much that episode really elevated that joke and yeah, it killed it. solidified its excellence? It definitely didn't annoy everyone <laughs> not it definitely didn't annoy everyone <laughs> actually i know who it annoyed i could scroll back to it right now if i want to <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about oh, bad funny. feedback on the Discord is it never goes away. It's all there. I, can, I can go back and, and just look at 
people being like, "What this?" My favorite, one of my favorite comments. I don't have it verbatim, but one of my favorite comments of all time is on our flagship episode, and someone was just like, "Yeah, not this one, guys. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, no, they're, they're, they're gonna be stinkers, dude. If I could come up with a way for us to roll dice every week. <laughs> I would have us do that. Like, I loved it because it felt like we were playing a little game. Didn't even Uh feel like work. Well, let's let's talk about today. We're doing a player profile on Alex. These are just fun little things. So basically, Hunter gave the Galactic Council an option of which of the other holiday spectacular players they wanted to delve more into the strategy on. And of course, they picked the only one with actual strategic thought behind their play. <laughs> yeah, their other which options was a good were choice sh- by them. Good job, everybody. Yeah, their uh, other options were Sean, who <laughs> doesn't seem like he has a strategy, um, and then Connor, who doesn't really like the game. So. <laughs> Sean flipped a coin, right? That's something that, that happened. That is something in that game? he did. Yeah. He flipped a coin and then he did not and it, obey. And then what didn't it told do it. Do. He flipped right. a coin to invade a home system, pick and your home mine. system, and then invaded my home system anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Ultimate chaos. So okay, right well let's let, we're already talking about it. Let's talk more about that game, I guess. Right? Because sure. we're gonna we're until we get a new holiday spectacular. I guess my job is to just constantly reevaluate what happened. That well, if day. I mean, if anyone hasn't <laughs> seen it, you should check it out. It's oh, it's God. it's in three parts, um, yeah. and there's a lot of really good editing in it by you, your boy. And there's um, a very mad Matt, and just, you know what? Just I know that I know what it looks like. Yeah, and I know we what said, it is. We said we weren't going to talk about that part of it. I know we can and explore I just, other aspects I want, of it. I just want the audience to know that I know. Yeah. What I what it is, right? I'm not in denial over here, and that's that's the end of it. We'll move on. Well, I'll, let's talk I'll, about how mean Alex was to well, you specifically. Let's let's, let's well let's talk about Alex because Alex does did achieve a special, um, you know, you 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 really made something happen there in the holiday yeah. spectacular, which you are f- kind of famously the one that unlocked the final round right. of the holiday spectacular. You allowed EJ to win the holiday spectacular. Yes. yes. That did happen. I forgot that EJ <laughs> did actually win the Holiday Spectacular. <laughs> you yeah, won the game I, of Twilight Imperium that preceded the Holiday Spectacular, and how did how did you feel about the game in general? Yeah, did you feel big? Well, um, well so the final round during uh, the game of Camel Up, I completely forgot how to play Camel Up very well, <laughs> um, and I think I came in last place. Oh, I, I'm pretty <laughs> so sure that I was did fun. pretty bad, too, in the Camel yeah. Up. <laughs> Well, uh, right off the bat, uh, the theme was uh, we were all going to play factions that we liked from TI3, and for some reason I decided to play a faction that I had never played in TI3. You know what's hilarious, too? That we color-coordinated to make sure that was the case, and then you texted me the day of and said, hey, I want to be Necro instead, and I don't have have the color for it, so I'm breaking all the rules already. Yeah. Uh, my my thought process at the time was I had just played a game of Isarl. Oh, I yeah. played a lot of Isarl, and I just didn't really interest me. Mm-hmm. I after we played the game, I realized it would have been a fun game to have Winu in because I actually really did like Winu in third edition. Yeah, but didn't think of it. Right. Well, you know, live and let live. But um, t- so I I, w- I do want to get into because I think this will get into a little bit of uh. I don't know, maybe your mindset when playing, or, or maybe it's just when playing with us, or maybe it's when playing on air, but uh, you and Hunter were at odds. Well, at first you had this like unbreakable alliance of your whole side of the table, and then that very intensely fell apart. Do, you, do either of you remember the details behind which that, that alliance crashed and burned? I remember um, I was playing Necro, and Hunter was feeding me tech. Uh, which was very good for Necro. Um, and then I needed a tech and he refused to give it to me and I couldn't talk him out of refusing to give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just attacked him. Or was it that I attacked you first and telling you I needed the tech and, and so what, you decided you weren't going to retreat or something? The way I remember it happen- happening was that you were like, can I come here? It was like right in front of my uh, home system and nibble a tech and i was like yes in a in like a round of turns like it was like don't do it this turn do it next turn but you oh, really need- needed to do it that turn and then i talked you into waiting and then the reason i was talking you into waiting was because i wanted ej to pack park his flagship 
next to Mechatol. And then I don't know if maybe it was that you wanted to go to Mechatol. I did not know that, but I was trying to I was trying to get EJ in a position. My whole goal was for us as a table was for us as the Butt Brothers too to kind of control the flow of the game. So my yeah. idea was like if we get EJ right next to Mechatol, then we kind of like I I wasn't going to make a play for Mechatol at that time. I didn't You wanted know, to hold the game I don't hostage. Know if you were. What? You wanted to hold the game hostage. Like it seemed yes, like that was it came to a certain point where was, you were like, "Man, this would be cool if we would just have a nine-round game and then like nobody wins by getting the ten points at the end of it." I that wanted it to like be it ultimate king-making like yeah. experiment. <laughs> well, the the other thing too was I was sitting next to Sar and Sean was playing Sar, so it was an even more unpredictable, yeah. scary yes. situation. Um, and I feel I. F- I feel like I got to the point where I felt like I had my back to the wall and I just had to do something. Right. Even if it, I didn't really want to break up the Butt Brothers. I just wanted the tech. Yeah. Yeah. But it did fracture the Butt Brothers it into two distinct yeah. cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> God, those were Which good jokes. You and EJ okay. and then me on the other side. <laughs> those the other were the cheek. two cheeks. You had this fatty right cheek and then kind of a slimmer, slimmer, but, but sweet. Uh, left cheek. Uh, and <laughs> well, then, let's okay. Yeah. All right, <laughs> that's enough reevaluating the holidays. I want to back up actually because yeah. I, I I feel like I want to get to understanding how Alex plays uh, because I I think Alex and I are really similar. I think Alex mm-hmm. and I are more similar than any other two players in our group in terms of play style and stuff like that. I, like, can think, I think Alex and I share but, but a lot I get what you're in saying. common. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I want to start with that of how did you get into Twilight Imperium, Alex? Um, I remember you bought it and then, um, I don't know if you guys have played, but then I went and bought it. <laughs> just wanted to buy your it, own. It cost me a hundred dollars <laughs> and, uh, probably the worst purchase of my life. <laughs> no, in ter- I mean, in terms of value, that was actually probably one of the best purchases. Sure. Um, right. so we went a couple uh, friends and I went to a board game store. I bought it, and then we went back and played, played it. And I played as Mentak. I think we played half a game wow. that night. See, that's exactly what I bought it. I played Mentak first. We didn't yeah. finish the game. It's like the exact same yeah. arc. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, at the time it was just like, oh, these people seem cool. Yeah, and it and like, oh, pillage. I understand that. That right. seems like it'll be a cool um, mechanic to use right and then we just started playing a bunch i don't know i don't know how much we actually played we only played with the uh base game a lot at the beginning um i played with the expansions a couple times but i really didn't play with like the white strategy cards or that stuff i think we may have played a version where they fixed the leadership issue but i don't well, the um, the the imperial, imperial issue—that's what it yeah, was. Imperial yeah, it one was, got it fixed was, in Imperial two, and then there was eventually um, initiative, or yeah, was it initiative? It was called initiative change. It just gave you the speaker token. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you you got rid of that as well. I th- I'm pretty sure, but yeah. most of what most of what I played in TA three was with the leadership controls or initiative controls the speaker token. Okay. And Imperial just gives you two points. Right. Um, and then yeah eventually we evolved to not do that and i kind of fell off from playing until ti4 came around right right well because there was a big there was a big chunk in there when our two groups collided crashed into each other Mm -hmm. you guys were because you all lived together and you guys were just kind of playing whenever but we also had a we had a weekly uh like night yeah we had we did like a weekly night right and right. we we were playing other games and then by the time we got twilight imperium it was like we're playing twilight imperium weekly thing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and and so i remember us playing a decent amount of times as a whole big group together um but my main memory of us playing with your group was once we got like the expansions involved and there were like tons and tons and tons of optional rules there was a big period in time where I was really um, into changing it up every single game. Like, I wanted every game of TI to feel like a different 
new exploration of new mechanics. And playing with you, you never wanted to do that. You only wanted to play essentially with one rule set and one way to play. Which, turns out you were right, because that rule set became TI4. All the rules that were good are what got left in mm-hmm. to TI4. So, you know, egg, yeah. you know, it's all the eggs on my face. Well, the, the thing is, the there were a lot of those optional rules built into the base game. Like, the Distant Suns yeah, Distant was in Suns the base was, game. Leaders was. And, yeah, a lot of that stuff wasn't very good. Um it i mean it could have been good uh but then the other stuff like the you know like the wormhole nexus and like trade stations and uh all that stuff like i actually didn't get a lot of opportunities to play with that yeah and i feel like the reason i probably was adverse to doing it was i just wanted to play the thing that i was most comfortable with yeah that, you wanted to play the I game would, you knew how to play yeah and right. i would win that way <laughs> right yeah because this is a perfect time to also talk about uh alex what was your favorite faction in ti3 it was isarl <laughs> <laughs> there were some um uh, i but i also liked uh i liked mentech and universities too well universities and, was also <laughs> very very good yeah i don't i don't know how much we played like i wasn't as active I wasn't active in like any kind of commu- like online community, sure. and I didn't know like the meta. I knew that Isarol was really good yeah. um, because the the skipping every other turn was mm-hmm. incredibly powerful. Um, so yeah, I did play them a lot. Um, also liked Winu, yeah. Though they don't really seem to have any abilities in hindsight. Right. They're just kind of like... They were jack-of-all-trades. Yeah. They were slightly... They were a vanilla faction that was just slightly amped up a bit. Yeah. Which I liked. I kind of... I miss those days. I mean, obviously, we all miss Windu being even halfway decent, but I, I like that all feeling of that. Them. We're not well, all yeah. sitting here being like, oh, Windu, please come back. Well, you. we are all wishing that Windu was a playable faction that actually had some <laughs> merit in the in the competitive scene. You know, I feel like the you could kind of say that about Isarl too. It was just like... Like, their ability was just that they had more action cards and you could skip. Right. So it was, like, kind of like playing a vanilla faction, but just better. Yeah, that's really true. There there wasn't any mechanical depth to what they were doing. It was just... Yeah. Well, especially, like, maybe the first couple times you played as Sorrel, you don't realize, like, your best strategy is to absolutely skip every other turn. Yeah. Um, But then when you learn that, it just becomes an automatic thing and you're not doing anything tactical about Mm -hmm. it anymore. Now you're just stalling the table out every single round. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that that uh, reason what what we just said is why I don't really care for Isarl in TI four anymore because mm. they feel too. It just feels too like I'm just gonna do blue green right. and like I there's nothing super special about me. I'm just like kind of hoarding action cards. Yeah, and it's just boring. So you want to feel special now? Now you want to feel now you don't care now. about just the good factions. You want the ones that are actually bringing like a unique thing to the table yes so what is that i guess i don't know what is that in what does that entail what are your yeah what, what what's your ti4 factions that you yeah. like to play um i am st- i still really really like mentac i have i well the way i judge a faction now is how much fun i actually have playing them right, right. that's fun. and i have a lot of fun playing uh mentac and a couple other ones but i want to talk about mentac first yeah yeah okay. Because uh, no one, we all agree they're like a bottom tier faction, sure, right? Sure. Or like towards the bottom. mid bottom, something like that. Yeah, but if um, if you can really get your uh, like machine going as Mentac, you can pull off a lot of really crazy like across the board stuff, right? And you can also control or not control, but uh, like have a lot of influence at the table as long as you're not overdoing the pillage thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and PDS are really fun. I love playing with PDS. Yeah, that's the funny, like, mysterious part of Mentech is the fact that they are, like, this really good <laughs> PDS faction and, and they mm-hmm. get to play with that a lot, but in a almost a completely different way than anybody else. Um, but, do, I mean, do you think... I mean, have do, do you feel like there's a, a meta problem with Mentech in your games, or do you play with groups that don't... Um, get so mad because there are groups out there that are like that where they're like man mentech pillage i whatever and then there's the groups where it's like don't ever pillage me or i'm gonna throw my entire game to stop you yeah well i don't i tend to avoid playing with people who will throw their entire game of course just because of one thing pillage yeah yeah, that would be Um, really ridiculous i feel like i've i've been playing with people who understand that 
that Mentech is kind of on the bottom yeah tier well you play i don't know if you still do but do, do you still play with like jada pakes group every now and then i haven't been recently just because sure. i've been pretty busy but i have played a lot in person with yeah. with and their uh, group is very much like they know the they know what's going on yeah they they're, 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 they're some of the going. biggest warfare stallers i think i've ever heard about is that true what did what happened with that well i, I just know i've heard of games with their group where they're like they're kind of cutthroat about stalling out warfare in round one yeah they can be uh they can be pretty cutthroat what yeah. are they one i've seen a lot of like home system takes because yeah. because uh someone left it open and i mean i don't really play this way but some of them uh uh are of the opinion that if a home system is left open and it you can take it taken. you should take it <laughs> <laughs> um which i i mean i'm i'm also like looking for those other openings or like weaknesses um to try to exploit but not to that extent sure yeah they can they can be pretty uh cutthroat <laughs> yeah but um yeah my my point is like we all we all generally know what the uh strongest factions are and which factions are in danger of snowballing and mentech is in danger of snowballing with um um mirror computing what is that tech yeah, yeah. with with mirror computing um but they don't have a lot of like on the board strength, right? Yeah. Um, where other factions do. Um, and bad but the tech, other thing tech is, path, I feel like, is always a problem with them too. So like with Mentech, yeah, I feel like if you want to go for after objectives, Mentech, yeah, for objectives, yeah, oh yeah. Wait, so lay this out to me, and I'll argue against it. <laughs> oh sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I well, I, let me let me say up front, like they're they're their tech path is is yellow with one red and one green and that's like not great i would assume yeah or but yeah that's from cool. you know ev- from everything i've i've heard but um you if you're playing them that's the way to play them right. yes. from my perspective right. i totally agree i would just say that there are games and this is an rng thing this isn't so much a strategic thing there are games right. where that tech path is not going to be very advantageous um Obviously, if two and two colors comes out early, that's going to be pretty annoying. Uh, honestly, even upgrades are kind of obnoxious. I guess you would have to get with well, that. You get PDS two and Cruiser two. It's the three unit upgrades that's like okay. I guess Cruiser I two, PDS two, Space Dock two, right? Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, and I. I. I also don't always go for mirror computing. Um, that kind of depends on the objectives. Interesting. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I'm. I feel like they have a really, really clean tech path because you just get you get graviton and PDS two, and those work great. Yeah. Um. That's like the only time I would ever get graviton with Mentech, and then it's you either. I usually uh get infantry two, usually actually because mm-hmm. I oh, like so, so two green though. Two green, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. infantry two and Daxiv. I'm a big fan of Daxiv too, and I don't think a lot of people are. But with Mentax specifically, I really like. Um, I like having two cruisers that can just send two infantry somewhere, mm-hmm. produce four hits from the cruisers, land, and then potentially Daxiv. Right, and then you have three infantry. Yeah, yeah, true. Planet. I mean, if if the people are leaving stuff empty, you can definitely capitalize on that kind of thing. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, it depends on your group and like what kind of game you're playing and all that. But I have a lot of fun with them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing. People who love Mentac are generally that way of, like, it's just the most fun. It's, like, always the most fun way to play. I feel like people are that way with Extra as well, where it's like, Extra's not great, but, my God, you can you can just do exactly, like, the one thing you really want to do really well, if, yeah. if that's what you're into, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like... There's something, one of the the thing that you guys have in common, I think, is what helps make you both um, strong or or even just, like, well-suited to play Mentac, which I think is that you're, you're both kind of fine with playing uh, kind of above the table in a way that can be, um, I don't want to say, like, aggressive, because it's not quite that. I just, you guys are both two players that I feel like I've played at a lot of tables where you guys are either both uh, in some sort of position where you're the bad guy or uh, Alex, you talked before in our kind of pre-interview about um, 
liking, enjoying, or or playing into the idea of sowing discord among other players, like inciting conflict against players that aren't even that where you're not directly involved. Yeah. Um, do you feel like Mentech is suited to that? I do feel. Well, I, I'm, I'm. You can, you can do it with any faction. Um, actually, we, we just played a game on Saturday where I was Muant, and that did not work well for me. Yeah, <laughs> because, <laughs> because uh, Muant is, uh, is. I was getting a lot of meta heat, and it was really, really hard to overcome just right. because of the War Suns. Right. But yeah, I feel, I feel like Mentech is is suited to it. Basically, I just like, I like playing above the table, and. Um, trying to control the narrative and who the bad guy is yeah. mm-hmm. um and then also inciting players to dig into their neighbors usually for objectives yeah um and i like um i'm a big fan of uh support trades with a neighbor uh just to like get one flank safe and yeah. then um encourage them to uh go the other way right um, actually, I we didn't talk about this before the show, but one thing I I feel like I've really learned how to do um, since playing Twilight Imperium Four is I feel like I'm able to read the map well and see what um, like power struggles are going to look like, mm. and oh, then right. try to just like guide them along paths that are advantageous for me right and actually i can talk about a game too um i played a game as necro um it was like the third time i had played them or something and i had a barony next to me and i really needed to get grav drive off of him mm-hmm. um it was like a similar, kind of a similar situ- situation with you hunter um <laughs> uh basically i had like two empty spaces between uh, me and my other neighbor, so I really needed to get Grav Drive off of Barony, so and then too far away from the other one. Yeah, yeah. and then I was going to leave Barony alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of talking about it and making a deal um, with Barony, um, I just tried to attack him. He played a skilled retreat. I tried to attack him again. He played a second <laughs> one, um, and then, and I ended up just having to like commit a lot more resources to fighting him to get this tech that I needed. Right. And it destroyed both of our games. And yeah, since that game, I have, um, I've tried a lot more to talk about potential issues before they like with neighbors specifically before before they they snowball and, uh, yeah, before they get out of hand. And I always try to tell people like, look, if we like fight, it's neither of us are going to win. So, right. Right. I always like having a neighbor that I can boost. Yeah. And then the other people, um, that also helps push their, get them to put pressure on the other side of the table. And then, yeah, you can uh, just kind of guide the meta and how you're right. talking about the game to make other people the bad guy. Right. Well, the big thing, too, is because, I mean, so far the two factions you've talked about are Mentak and Necro, which are both... I mean, definitely generally regarded as, like, the faction everybody at the table is mad at. But what you're talking about is playing them in such a way, what you've learned over time is, like, playing them in such a way where you're like, I could be the bad guy, but also I'm going to be kind of open-handed and, like, I'll deal with you. But then you're able to turn on that aggression whenever you need to. Whenever now it's time to capitalize on a moment, it's like, well, now I have the aggression to back me up. It doesn't seem like you like to play the the deal making factions that then don't have a punch that they can pack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I I like having leverage. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. When when making deals, um, and I think all um, Necro Lizix, who's the other faction I wanted to talk about, and then Mentech all all have something that can back them up. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. Talk about Lizix then. I mean, what's what's behind that one? Um, I actually feel like even how you've laid it out here, um, I feel like there's some like middle ground between Necro and Mentech uh-huh. that is Lizix. That is. <laughs> <laughs> that is the marriage of ne- Necro and Mentech. Okay. Yeah. And I think, I think part of it obviously is the PDS two. Um, they're like one of the only factions that I think can effectively utilize it. Um, or it's like not out of their way to get it. Is that because of assimilate or just because like they're going to go yellow, they start with the red, like. 
it's in their path or or yeah both of those things like it's in it's in the path and then if you're able to pick one up you can you're in a weird weird, crazy spot with it's gonna help you yeah um but yeah then lizix also just has a lot of um uh like actual force backing it up Mm -hmm. where um that is what is so scary about a necro that snowballs um Whereas Mentech doesn't mm-hmm. really have that force. They have the PDS right. and like the everything up front with the um, ambush. With ambush. Yeah. Um, but then in a normal space battle, the crews yeah. just fall apart and then you're out. Yeah. 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 Whereas Lizix can really hold together. A Lizix fleet can really like hold together and and actually do a lot of damage. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any least favorite? I mean, are there any factions where you just like detest? Pl- I mean, you kind of mentioned Muat maybe is is in that realm. But is there any other factions where you're just like this this is not in my wheelhouse at all and it, it it feels broken to try to play them um i don't know i i mean i i feel like those factions are probably ones that i haven't played a whole lot yeah um you said something that i thought was really interesting in the pre-interview where we were talking about um how you had like basically never played star is that what you said you basically i I haven't played Soul in TI4. Oh, you haven't played, played Soul. Once. That's what it was. Um, I've only played Star once. I feel like I have really strayed away from some of the top four, just in general, um, in TI4, and I think I have something in my head where I don't like, and I can't tell which direction it is. And I wonder if you relate to this at all. Um, it's either I don't like the pressure of playing a faction that is de facto great. Like, I just don't want that pressure of like, oh, I'm playing Jolnar. I have to do good because Jolnar is great. Mm-hmm. Or I don't like, and I actually think this one is maybe more true for me. Um, I like factions that have simple, straightforward advantages that I feel like I can utilize easily in a game. And a lot of the top four their advantages are while they're like really awesome and fun to talk about on the show for me as a player, I think sometimes I'm like, Oh, that's too many different directions. I could take this. Like I, I think one of the things I like about the factions that you're talking about even today, like Mentech, uh, I don't necessarily love Mentech, but I love Necro and love L1 is that what they do is specific and good. And yeah, it like, it's, I'm not saying they're like simple factions, uh, especially Necro, their their advantage kind of unfurls in a way that you kind of have to pay a little attention to to understand fully. But I find them a little more, um, I don't know, there's more of a role for them to play at the table. Whereas mm-hmm. Joel Nar, yeah. it's just so much. In you're playing, Soul, you're, it's you're like, playing from ahead the whole game because yeah. everybody knows that you're ahead and, right. and they're going to play that way. Yeah, and I wonder if that if you... Because it, cause it seems to me like meta and above the table is very important. So if you're playing Jolnar, you're kind of starting at a disadvantage above the table. Yeah. I I wish I could... I wish I had played them more to speak to it. Because yeah. I've also only played Jolnar once, and it was my first game of TA4. But that's kind of what says all of it, too, is like the fact that you played it once and you're like, meh, whatever i'm yeah. over that like that feeling just doesn't seem to appeal to you at all what the, the story you were describing earlier is like you were supposed to play soul you were trying to play every faction right you, your goal tell, tell that story uh yeah when when tf4 came out i i made a point to say every time i play i'm gonna play a different faction until mm-hmm. i've played all of them um and it got it got to the point where um uh, I needed I had like four or five left and I was trying to play soul but also like the the online meta was like and you guys too were like catching up to the fact that soul was like pretty broken yeah. at the time um, I don't know how people feel about them now um, and it was like uh, like play had to catch up to how good yeah our understanding of them was I agree they were just too good um, and then, yeah, every game, it, someone else picked them before I could because we were doing drafts um, for picking factions. And then it got to be they were the last one, and it was just like, 
I like it's not going to be any fun to yeah. to You've already play solved them. it just by seeing everybody else do it a dozen times or whatever. Yeah, that it just was like there was nothing left in it to even think that you needed to contribute to the <laughs> yeah to the equation. Yeah, I mean, I I think just as like like I really like playing Twilight Imperium. It's a like otherwise you know I wouldn't have devoted right. as much time to it, and I really I want to walk out of a game. And if I want, if I won, I want to feel good and, mm-hmm. and feel like I overcame something. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think the top, the other, f- one of the four you're talking about is Nalu, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like Nalu a lot. Well, I don't know Nalu's, <laughs> Nalu's very different though, because they're... we talk about Nalu as being a best faction in, with regards to like upper tier play. Right. Um, and at lower at like medium levels, there's a lot of games where Nalu doesn't get it figured out because their engine is actually a little bit more difficult to build. So I, yeah. I do still think I, I'm the same way too. I, I, I like, I mean, I do like playing Jolnar. I like playing the really good factions, but Nalu, there's actually still a puzzle there. Yeah. Cause you can screw up Nalu very easily. Yeah. I think that's what I really like about him. Actually, the only 14 point game I've played, I played Nalu and there was a moment where I had I had the matriarch and like two loaded carriers with hybrid crystal fighters and I like took that into battle like two war sons or something yeah. and that was like that moment was like made me love Twilight Imperium. Yeah, it was yeah. Just, Nalu like, this is fourteen what it is, seems like is... the reason fourteen points exist. Yeah, it was like, insane. Th- that's just like the most ridiculous combo. That you can I want to push with. back a little bit on the point we had just made before the the matriarch bit and yeah. say that. I think the single ability in the game that makes that kind of takes a little bit of that feeling you're talking about, Alex, of like I want to feel like I overcame something, is the zero that right. Nalu has though. It's the opposite of that, right? Really. Yeah. Because, yeah. and I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody. There's so many. There have been so many cool games I've seen with Nalu in it, and and even played games where I really enjoyed it. But when it com- when when you're talking about play that's going to come down to initiative order when nalu is so de facto gonna be it it does feel a little bit like it doesn't have the same drama to it yeah basically no yeah i know i know what you mean and add to that one of the best defensive abilities in the game oh for like, sure like they're gonna become the target and they have an ability that makes you lose fleet supply when you target them yeah, yeah. oh well <laughs> yeah yeah the like matt said the thing that i really like about nalu is that it is easy to screw up but when you get it going when you get their engine going they're a lot of fun to just mess around yeah. with yeah i yeah. agree i think they are um i think of the top four factions i think they are uh the sexiest to me yeah. even more so than sar although i don't it's kind of close between the two of them sar anytime you get to see i i don't know i'll never forget um that first gen con finals that we went to just watching talk about joey again i just got to talk about joey again one more time <laughs> because and and that's that's the whole thing uh alex you were kind of talking about this before with like in the early early days of ti4 there was uh soul kind of leapt ahead of the pack because people didn't people were still figuring out the game and soul's advantages were i think most obvious so they rose to the top right away because it was mm-hmm. like they're good it's not hard to figure out why they're good so you know we got this or whatever um but watching gen con joey do that weird stealth bomber stuff with the space dogs yeah that was i had never seen that before i remember i had heard someone complain a bunch about how pds can't shoot at space dogs if they're Mm -hmm. by themselves but i had not actually seen someone incorporate that into a game and and I you know I always my goal here on the show is to call out videos on YouTube you can watch. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go watch the Gen Con 2018 finals. Yeah. Um, but like, and now it's like it's not like I've never I haven't seen anybody do that since. I've seen plenty of people do that. But what's fun about Ti is how it has kind of evolved uh, as we've gone. And uh, yeah, that that stealth bomber stuff that was super fun. Beyond that though, I don't know. I guess now Sar play kind of always looks. The same though that was kind of the yeah. big innovation and then beyond that it's like well i don't know i haven't yeah. seen anybody doing anything fancy i, I mean, haven't seen in a while 
what's nice about Nalu and Sar is that at least there's still room for like some creativity. Like they still have tricks, whereas it doesn't feel like Soul has a trick at all. Like well, nothing that Soul has is a trick. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a like thing that you do. Spam infantry yeah, and fighters. Right. Yeah. And Jolnar is like on. Jolnar actually like you have the reason I love playing Jolnar is not because they're great, but because you have unlimited options. Like they're right. the only faction that is not restricted by tech path. You're free so to get creative. Always, yeah, you're free to get creative, so that's what excites me the most about Jolnar. And and Nalu and Sar, I would say Sar more than Nalu in that regard, have that creative feel. Yeah. Well, Soul, I, I do want to call out, Soul did kind of get hot again to people uh, towards the end of last year, and I think going into our tournament because of uh, military support. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but there it just felt like, I don't know, it was like fall of last year. It felt like everyone woke up and just wanted to talk about how don't how you remember? Soul. It just all of a sudden became like a trend. Yeah. yeah. So everybody was just like, oh, just sell military support a whole bunch in round one. Yeah. And you can suddenly... And I feel like Make this happens bank. with like every faction every once in a while. Someone will just be like, oh, this one faction... Uh, if you play them like this, they can make a lot of trade goods. And then it'll be yeah. like, now there's trade soul. And then there was like right. trade Sardak and like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that, that just, I feel like that just keeps uh, moving around, which is fun. Um, all right. Well, where do yeah, we want to go? Do, oh yeah, go I, ahead. Can I make one more yes, point please, about Mentech? Please, please. I, I feel like, um, there's a lot of misconception, like from people who, I don't know, play Mentech and have fun, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what like the general attitude towards Mentech is, but I, I just want to, uh, like the point is not to be pillaging every single sure. time. Right. It's, it's a may ability. Yes. And if you do it too much, I, I feel like whenever I play them, I, I don't do it. I like work it into my deals. Right. Like, the pillage is a you know, threat that gives you leverage to get into deal making yeah. scenarios. Yeah, or or it'll it'll just be like you know uh, just so you're good and you know I'm not gonna like backstab you. Let's just account for the pillage in the deal. Yeah, yes. right. So then I'll just take it, um, and then it every game kind of gets to a point where it's like there's so there are people who are appear to be more of a threat than you do. Right. Um, so then you can just start pillaging right. <laughs> and and no one is going to really like people will be upset about it, but you're not the biggest fish to fry anymore. Right. right. Um, also, like, I mean, if you if you want to I uh, actually I don't know if we have any videos of this, but um, Mantis, I feel like does it has a very interesting mentag to watch in that. I feel like he kind of does. He does exactly what you're talking about, but he like he always kind of gives out like he'll give you like a ticket. Like here's your, <laughs> here's like you're talking about the Franken game. He played with he wasn't Mentak, but he had the pillage he, ability oh, in so our Franken game. That's where you can see it. But I, yeah. I mean, I've seen him do that just as regular Mentak yeah, in general. Regular game too. Yeah, Wait, he sells that? he sells that I didn't pillage you right now, and that's worth something <laughs> so down the road. He he'll could, give you he, a little faction. He'll give you a little like, ticket. Right, that's one that, that says yeah. you get out of a pillage in the future, <laughs> which is great because he's turning pillage into a resource. <laughs> explicitly right. you know what i mean yeah. like you're you're doing that too what you're talking about also makes sense in the exact same way but i feel like you can take it to a whole nother level of like um explicit uh, mechanical uh meaning within the game um another thing that i've seen Ment- a mentech player do recently i played with uh mm, oh always mess up his name ms lewski <laughs> Milzuski. There we go. Milzuski. Oh it sucks because I have not I've I've met him in real life and now and but Matt has it, but I still don't know his, his name is Michael. Okay. So <laughs> when I play with Michael, he had a very good uh Mentac. He actually won the game that we played. Um his Mentac was very um very chill. Like didn't even didn't even do like he didn't even charge anything about pillaging. He was just like, no, whatever, uh, don't worry about it, don't worry about it for like the first three rounds, and yeah. then everybody gets really comfortable. They start making deals, and then in like round, it was maybe round three or round four, he just started tacking on the pillage in the window, like not saying anything. Just like all of a sudden, I'm pillaging you, like yeah, and I feel like that. The arc of that, I think, is if there are anybody that that really likes Mentec but maybe struggle with them, learning that arc or how to get over that like that early game, uh, how serious people can take pillage into like the mid game where it really doesn't hurt them as much. 
but can help you yeah. a lot if you have mirror yeah. computing, I feel like is an important thing for people to figure out. Well, yeah, I have a couple points about that. Yeah. Um, mirror computing is only useful to you in that you're getting the trade goods and you're poised to win. Yes. Right. So I, I, I never want to be banking trade goods before I have mirror computing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want to get mirror computing, and now I'm going to start pillaging, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right, right. right and right. I'm just, I'm just going to get as much. I'm going to get the eight or whatever for those um, objectives that I need. Um, and it's there's nothing you can do to stop it. You can't get them off my sheet. Right. Um, and everyone else is like trading and you know swimming in trade goods. But yeah, you want the you want the public perception to be that you're not a threat going into the end game, basically, right. and then you want to like strike out right which is the other thing i really like about them is that um they're because you're building cruisers your fleets are so cheap anyway yeah. like as long as you get a good handful of planets and some influence like you can just you build your five cruisers yeah. uh like work on your pds grid and then by the time you're striking out and you need to be stopped you're anyone coming in is looking at you know all of your pds shots with graviton and and the ambush and all of that right and it, it just becomes too costly i'm i'm excited to get back into mentac play because i've been bashing my brain against extra for like six months now and in just even this conversation i've realized that mentac is extra if extra was good they have a flagship that is a major threat on the board, especially with ambush and PDS shots, sure. like just being able yeah. to take stuff out ahead of time. They can have the PDS network set up and they can actually like make real money in the late game if they want to. Whereas extra, I feel like falls apart in the, in the trade scenarios that at least when I play them and it's just like, man, I'm excited to play. Like you were saying earlier, I'm excited to play a faction with some muscle, like with, yeah. with something to back up what they've got, because I, I I'm sick of playing <laughs> I, factions that only need goodwill. I feel like that goes to your back to your point earlier too when you asked what factions I don't like, um, and I said like, well, I don't think I've like played them as much. Yeah, like the time I played X Tribe was just like I don't really I, I know I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Like, am I supposed to build dreadnoughts? Right. <laughs> what, am, what am I supposed to build? I It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And I've tried to go back to them, but I, yeah, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're tricky. I, I want to play them. I want to play them. You write them the guide game. then. Dang it. I'm well, sick of it. <laughs> I feel like you've been so hell bent on it. So heck bent. <laughs> or should I say heck bent? Whatever. I don't know. Uh, so heck bent on it. <laughs> that uh, I have felt, you know, like I don't want to jump in, you know, and and play extra. And no, by uh, all means, please <laughs> jump in. I bet I'm. The water's right, nice I'll, and I'll warm. It. I bet I'll win. I'll bet I'll I, win. That, well, actually, that's the number one reason I don't want you to be contributing to this is because the second you play, is the second you win by like a four point margin, <laughs> and it's just like, okay, cool, great, thanks, thanks. That was a real ego lifter. I don't know. Play. I remember that was a that was a big moment in my understanding of TA four when we were playing on that stream in Portland, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you extorted. You were playing as extra and extorted Matt oh, yeah. Sar. You dunked on me that was so, so hard. And you said, "You said like, give me like two trade goods to like not fire my PDS." And I was just like, "Take all of his trade goods." <laughs> and actually, all. that's a that's a good example of like the role I want to play. Like, I want to be involved in every conversation. Yes. When when someone is like making a deal, I want to be the person that is like saying, like, "Yeah." That I remember is, you being on a Hakan kick for a little bit. There was like a period where you and I played a Hakan game together in San Francisco. I remember, mm -hmm. and I made you very mad. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Wait, do we want that to was actually that the only time no? I, we, I mean, uh, he was very mad because I entered his slice in round two, and he was like on the other, like I went through a wormhole into his side of the map and took most of his slice from him. Why'd you do that, it, Matt? Because it was worth tech skips. Did you win money. the game? Well, Matt, he didn't win the game. Oh, good. Did you? I no, could you have did. though. <laughs> I wasn't that far off. Well, it was it was funny. Okay, well, so it was a five-player game. Yeah, that's true. And I remember I did... Um, I picked a slice that had a lot of influence, um, and then leadership wasn't getting picked. Yeah. So I, I was having a really hard time getting everything online, and then Matt made this big play into my uh, slice, um, knowing that he was stretching himself too thin, and it was going to... Uh, yeah, it was gonna come back to him, and then of course it did. Yeah. yeah. 
So it was just like, oh, you. But I got a point for it. <laughs> right. If I, <laughs> I scored, uh, but I scored one point. If I yeah. have to characterize both of you as players uh, when it comes to TI, like, because you, uh, there seems to be some overlap, but there's some distinct differences. Yeah. I would say that Alex is like a politician. Uh, he's like. He he's very like he's very good at saying things in a specific way to direct. He's it's very much about like the language of what he's saying and how he's saying it. Um, and then Matt, you're kind of like the CEO of like a corrupt <laughs> business. So like you guys, there's a lot of similar like kind of power stuff going on there. But like we've Matt, got to strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> yeah, like Matt's like writing checks he can't cash. Liquidate and, like, the assets. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, there is some. There's a similar flavor to both of it. But uh, evil, but yeah, I evil think, in two different ways. Yeah, I think I think Alex's has like uh, a language and a poetry to it, and then Matt's is kind of just like brute, you know, just like yeah, gotcha. <laughs> and that's why extra doesn't make any sense for you as a player. Yeah, because I can't be diplomatic. Apparently, I mean, I think you can be diplomatic, but it's it's you know, it's like a it's like a uh, like a business person would be diplomatic, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. where it's really all just about the deal. And Alex can kind of talk, can can influence you with the way that he's saying things. And also yeah. there's an emotional element, I feel like, too, to, to, because Alex has made me, has, has stoked, I felt him stoke my flame before in games, either <laughs> at him or at other people. Can you talk about that? Um, I, I feel like if you, a good example is, you know that game you we just talked about where you were playing Mentec, I was playing Extra. Yeah. Um, in that game, we had this kind of stalemate. It wasn't really like, it. it was like, I think we had done either a support swap or either we hadn't. It doesn't even matter. Oh, you got my, um, I sold you my promise of protection. That's what it was. In exchange for something. And yeah, I remember being, it got to the point where I couldn't attack you and I was just trying to race you to the finish. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's not, but so the thing is in that game, you were able to influence me to be very aggressive towards my neighbor and not aggressive towards you at all. And I think I just lucked out that I was able to win the race, but had I not won the race, I would have had no way to like come at you. And mm -hmm. I feel like oftentimes when I have been your neighbor, it kind of, there is this kind of feeling of like, you tend to watch and not leave any holes, basically. Like, it's like, it's like you play expecting the next activation to be something against you, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I always feel you kind of watching uh, for a betrayal um, that honestly, from a player like me, most of the time isn't gonna come because I'm pretty, I'm pretty like I don't know. I actually I don't even really know what type of player I am anymore. I don't know myself. Well, go back and listen to the hunter player profile. Yeah, episode. but I think that's Maybe out of learn. date. I think that's out yeah. of date at this. Well, point. also just just to refer to it, just so people know that game you guys are talking about is our uh, hundred thousand downloads. Oh uh, yeah, live stream from that, that's May a, of twenty eighteen. That was so a fun game. A I remember yeah. that. That was the game where I fell in love with the extra flagship because it's so fun. Yeah. I think that was the first time I played Mentac in fourth in edition. Fourth. We just kind of talked uh, at length a little bit about uh, style uh, and style in this great, wonderful strategy game we call Twilight Imperium. Um, <laughs> what do you, Alex, what do you think about uh, strategy games as, like what do strategy games mean, I guess, or... I guess what what do you uh, what do you take away from strategy games on like maybe a deeper level if we can get kind of heady here before we before we check out? Yeah, um, we've already kind of talked about it, but I think what is really uh, cool about strategy games is um, and why I like Twilight Imperium so much is it shows. I feel like it becomes a really good like representational tool for understanding how politics works mm -hmm. just like on a basic level right. like understanding power dynamics and how to talk to people and negotiate and get your way and like use subterfuge and deception like it's all all of that stuff is in yeah twilight imperium 
and i i feel like what i really like about strategy games is um oh i remembered what i wanted to talk about <laughs> um <laughs> I, I thought about this like last month when we were um, talking about recording this episode, yeah. mm-hmm. and I I just uh, completely forgot about it. I, I had a point I wanted to make. Um, so I don't, I'm not like an angry or mean person, right? Like I want the best for everybody. Yeah, yeah. In like in, in real, real life. life. Yeah. <laughs> but that is not the case in Twilight. <laughs> you get to play a role. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I the point I wanted to make is I may be operating in my daily life, like thinking maybe naively. Some people would say thinking, uh, that people will like reciprocate how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I think what strategy games show is that you'd never really like know a person's like true, true intentions, Mm -hmm. I guess. And just how to, um, like navigate, power relationships right. you don't know Do their end game so you can't predict their motives yeah. yeah what yeah what i'm trying to say is like i'm not trying to get i'm not trying to one-up everybody in daily life but that doesn't mean that other people aren't trying to do that to right. me sure do you know what i'm saying yes but also i think strategy games creates a space where we can kind of play that out you yeah. know what i mean like it's right it is a uh, it is a ooh. this is kind of a weird use of this term but it is a safe space for right you know you know what to come back around to it because we said we wouldn't talk about it i mean that that is where what happens to me when we all play twilight imperium (laughs) and what and the holiday spectacular like that is why that happens yeah is and this has happened for a long time where we used to get into like legitimate big big arguments over twilight imperium like as a group we would get very very mad at each other but then when the game was over generally speaking like that stuff washed away incredibly quickly almost every single time. Yeah. And and that's how, uh, you know, the holiday spectacular and, like, I freaked out about stuff. And I was yelling and, like, cursing in Sean's face and, like, and the behavior that people Did see. You, do you remember I that broke, part, a chair, broke a chair. And we see, and, and like, we, we get YouTube comments <laughs> multiple times a week that are, like, uh, this is really deeply uncomfortable and, yeah. like, not, I'm not cool with it. And I get that. But and and maybe maybe the whole group is equally as like offended by all that. But like usually that's not the case. And like I'm, we laugh about throwing the chair now because when we are in the game, like I'm getting mad about those things in the game. Right. And I feel like my friends all generally know that like this stuff isn't going to wash into later life. Now that doesn't. I'm not saying that that makes it okay and that they all love that I yell at them. No, you can the watch the game. video. We clearly didn't <laughs> love <can> it. <laughs> <laughs> you can see yeah. our, the looks on our faces. <laughs> but that is where that's coming from, is is that that mentality of like, there's two ways to, to take the phrase, oh, it's just a game. And, and one way is people go, oh, it's just a game. Don't freak out about it. And I go the other way. I go, oh, it's just a game. It's just a game, so let's so freak I'm out about it. Let's freak out about it a bit. This yeah. is that's a freaky kind of outy time. I mean, a I was, more emotional way to engage with it. I was uh, not as genuinely frustrated as I've been in the past while playing Twilight Imperium, but the other day when we were playing with EJ, I was genuinely <laughs> extremely frustrated because he was just playing Sara, not. Not doing Sar's thing. You you went into a game with him being Sar, thinking he was going to like Sar it up, and then he just like played it safe yeah. in his slice and didn't get well, into me at all. Yeah, that was the that was the thing about it was I was trying to do what I've been talking about. Yes. I was like, "Hey, Matt is snowballing. Can you? I You're can't. Sar. I can't you definitely could do something about this. Yeah. Go hit him. And yeah. he and he was just like, "No. Yeah. And <laughs> just to like prove a point. Yeah. I, guess. <laughs> I think he just didn't do it. I think that's my. I'm. I think it makes me really happy that our group has still maintained that. Like, I think it would be kind of a bummer if, uh, like, maybe in response to the show, everyone had decided to become like super serious Twilight mm-hmm. Imperium players, like something akin to like what we see in the tournament. Not that I don't like that type of play. Clearly, I do. But I like that when I sit down with you guys to play it can still kind of have those like old school vibes of like yeah. being, you know, a little bit arbitrary at times. People sometimes do things that are uh, not very smart 
and they mm. kind of know it, but they just do it anyways. That kind of thing. Yeah, that's I where like I fell off the bandwagon. Of yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I tried. To, I've, I, I went on a rant on the Discord about this actually, like earlier today. But like, I have noticed myself starting to take the game too seriously in play because yes. I'm because this podcast has made me nervous about being seen as not worthy of giving out strategic advice. Like, I'm always nervous that I'm not going to look good or smart enough. And I, I just, forget I, that, like, also the game is supposed to be fun and that we can just... Like, our old streams were all just like, hey, let's make up really dumb, terrible rules and inject them into the game yes. to completely break everything apart. And I never freaked out in any of those streams. But now, when, like, I feel like I'm supposed to be fixing extra or whatever, that's when I get all, like up my own butt about these stupid things and, and i and i let myself get mad at myself the other thing we, we should have done that stuff in the holiday spectacular I know. We should, well like because last year we overdid it uh, but last year's holiday spectacular we had like this horrible response from our uh, internally we were just like also exhausted by the amount of ridiculous rules i think we're gonna find a happy middle ground in future years i think so yeah. too um but yeah i uh i Matt, I wanted I wanted to say that I think you you got to find a way to let go of that pressure because the thing that we've learned in doing this show is that there are so many really really good Twilight Imperium players out there that maybe didn't even exist before the show started. You know what I mean? Like right. there are all these people that started playing after we kind of started talking about twilight imperium and the people that started before even i'm not trying to like i don't want it to sound like i'm trying to take credit like people play a lot of twilight imperium just because of me and because of what (laughs) i say and do no that's not (laughs) what i mean at all but like there's just we were never gonna be uh like the best players at this there's no way on on a good on a good run i'm playing ti once every two weeks yeah and there are people that are still playing ti four times a week right right now it's right. ridiculous for us to assume we're going to be as good as those players. Exactly. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm not even trying to be that. All I'm trying to be is the funniest Twilight Imperium <laughs> player of all time. And I got that on lock, okay? I got that. No, I am... uh-uh. I think Sean's got that from you. No. Careful. All right. Well, <laughs> I want to see Sean on stage doing his thing. I, I need to see it. I need to see a tape. I need to see a video. And no, actually, right. you know what? I want to, I want him to come to Portland and do comedy with me. Uh, so now you've volunteered him for this ludicrous deal that he doesn't even <laughs> want to be a part of because he won't just give me the title of funniest Twilight Imperium player. Is this the note that we go out on? I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Alex, do you have any, <laughs> do you have any last... Uh... Last statements, last thoughts. I don't know that I have anything to say. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I have something I kind of want to say, but I think we already passed it. No, let's do it. Let, back I, it I, up. I, let's, let's We're back off it the up. rails. This isn't even a real episode. It's, yeah, the, the, there's no rules. Just right. Well, so one of my friends has been getting into board games after he's like 26, right? Mm-hmm. And he, we've talked about it a lot. He's told me at one point, he's like, I missed out on so much when you guys were just all like hanging out and playing board games. And we've just been talking about like public perception of strategy games. We've been mm-hmm. playing a lot of strategy games together and just talking about like their use value. Mm-hmm. And I just think it it is really worth pointing out that that Twilight Imperium is a really useful object. <laughs> like just in in um I don't know. I I have uh when I was playing a lot, I had people that like don't didn't understand how I could like sit there for 6 right. to right. I don't know, 10 however many hours. And I'm not one of these people that you're talking about that is playing four games a week. Right. I couldn't even play two games in one day. But I yeah, I just think that um a lot of people just really don't get how great it is mm-hmm. yeah. in like forming i mean as a strategy game just like mapping out like possibilities and like understanding relationships and then just like concentration I like, like even the other day endurance my, yeah my when we got home the other day my brother was like wiped out from our game yeah and i was just like i'm ready to go let's do it now <laughs> that's why i love it <laughs> yeah <laughs>
that's funny. I was thinking hard for six hours. You know, it's uh, it's really good that you bring that up because we're we're entering the semis of our tournament right now, and uh, Nine of Spades, our tournament champion last year, talks a lot about that exact same thing. And the main thing he attributes his win to last year is that he used to play professional poker mm-hmm. and he would play poker for 16 hours a day or however long like people yeah. that, that go professional poker they sit at the casino for huge amounts of time and he built up that same kind of gaming endurance where it doesn't take him out so by the end by the end of that 12 and a half hour long finals game yeah he was actually in a mental state that he was feeling okay with. whereas yeah. other players were probably starting to break down maybe right yeah yeah right. and i um, I guess the other thing is I'm, I mean, I personally am really into movies and like keeping, it's not always easy to stay concentrated for two hours yeah. or mm-hmm. more if, you know, depending on the movie you're seeing. And I just think that skill is really, really useful. Yeah. And, uh, where our society is kind of in a place where we don't value that. Mm-hmm. So that's part of why I enjoy it a lot. It's just like hang out, drink beer, and concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> that should go that's on the say. side of the box. That one, that's better than what is on the box right now. Pax like, Magnifica Bellum Gloria. Yeah, that's that, that, is that hang what that out, means? Hang out, drink a beer, and concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Hang out, drink a beer, and concentrate.